previously on Box Cutters. Radio. Shall we drive the big red car? Better than the the porcelain bus. It sounded more ominous than I thought it was going to. That's exactly what I think of. Ready then? Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 297. Hello, Austin! Golf clap. (laughs) I think Austin's just going to be one person going, woo! Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. To my left, Glenn Peters. Hi. To my left... No one else. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Box Cutters is all about television, and if you were uh, one of the people who donated uh, $6,000, uh, we didn't get that. We got a lot of people who donated little bits of $6,000, so yours got lost somewhere. Math. Uh, but also, clearly, we're not in Austin. Uh, psych. Is that right? No! No, we're leaving on Wednesday! We're leaving this Wednesday, next Sunday... Uh, you, Brett Cropley, mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. Glenn Peters. Yeah. All three of us. All three of us are going to be in Austin, Texas at the Driscoll Hotel, 12.30pm. The Maximilian Room. The Maximilian Room, which really? looks amazing. It's amazing. Oh. It's got these really old mirrors that were given to the Maximilian Room by the Prince of Mexico or some shit. Kyle Killen is going to be our guest. Kyle Killen, creator of new... NBC TV hit Awake. I say hit because it improved on the ratings of the show before it, so it must be. For NBC, it's a hit. So that is happening next Sunday. We're all leaving on Wednesday. I'm I'm not. John, you are here doing the most, you're doing the most important job of all. Uh, We are in, in this show, in this episode of Box Cutters. John, you've got a discussion about something that you've noticed. Oh, my discovery. Your discovery. My secret, secret discovery. So John's, John's yeah. secret discovery, that'll, that'll happen later on in the show. Uh, we're going to go back to something that we talked about last week, Twitter on television. And uh, we're going to speak to a content creator and find out what he thinks about it. Wow, that'll be interesting. I know. And I can't wait till he comes into the studio. Uh, we've got letters to box cutters. We've got one thing. We've got pork. Look, it'll probably finish with Pete Smith saying his own name. As always, though, let's kick things off with the box cutters news. In what has been a week of announcements about shows, lots of announcements. And that's, oh, look at this, this person's cast. Oh, this show's being signed up. Oh, this thing's happening. Uh, Lucy Liu has been uh, cast to play Watson in the CBS version of Sherlock Holmes called Elementary, which is not a copy of the BBC uh, Sherlock well, Holmes. because that's called Sherlock. Mm-hmm. That's, that's called Sherlock and... Uh, when the people from CBS went to the BBC to try to get the rights and couldn't get the rights, of course they wouldn't just do but, the same but the, thing. But the CBS version clearly is set in Victorian England, though, isn't it? No, no, no. It's actually, it's set in modern-day New York. Oh, like Sherlock? No, well, Sherlock's set in London. Oh, you're right. That's quite different. So it's, it's quite different. Lucy Liu yeah. is, uh, is Asian, 
and and not Martin Freeman and not Martin Freeman. She's, in fact, she's she's a lady woman, right? And Martin Freeman isn't is is not. So that's different. To be fair, though, I've got to say because yeah, this is a bit of a thing going around the whole kind of. It's weird, because CBS clearly is ripping off Sherlock, because yes. it's a very, very good show and very successful. At the same time, though, Sherlock is just Sherlock Holmes in the current day. Like, there's no, there's no particular copyright on that idea, and it's not even like it's that amazing an idea, really. So, I mean, to me, the CBS not Sherlock is less, I want to say egregious, but I'm not sure what it means. Egregious... Then the BBC making 2012, which was quite clearly a rip off the, the games. games. Yes, I, I I agree, and I was thinking I was thinking about that when when reading all of this. Like the the, the creators of Sherlock are talking about suing CBS, which I think is uh, ridiculous. Uh, I, maybe they're not talking about it anymore, but they were a month ago. John, you've got you've got some news. The Muppets have been asked. Actually, possibly not the Muppets. It might actually be the Jim Henson Company, but let's go with that. The Muppets have been asked to produce a chat show for BBC One. Uh, the show, which has the working title of "No Strings Attached," uh, will have a, I, I know will have a puppet presenter interviewing real life celebrities. Uh, there's a quote here. This is actually from the BBC itself. The executive editor for Entertainment, Carl Warner, said. Um, the idea is that we very firmly anchored in the world of the chat show, but based around a new character created by the Henson Company. The Muppets are a massive phenomenon, and no one seems to have been developing anything in this area for a long time. Do you remember the uh, the David something... All right, so, so when... Uh, what's his name? Not Tony Martin. The guy who looks like Tony Martin and makes TV shows. Andrew Denton. When Andrew Denton... <laughs> Uh, Andrew Denton made this uh, this show called the David Tench. David Tench, yes, which was a he was CGI. He was a CGI cartoon character who was like eight times larger than his guests. Or his head was. It was only his head, wasn't it? Or did he have the whole? He had he had he had a whole body, right? But his head was like he couldn't walk around because he would just fall over. Yeah, he was very top heavy. It's like a Land Rover. That was an odd show. It was a really odd show. Successful odd or just odd? Oh, no. Yeah, Not successful, odd. odd. Just odd. It was, it was risky and experimental. I think. But, I but think we've, the so we've review was characters. Tench stench. And, and Max Headroom. <laughs> Max Headroom was also had his own show. Not a, interviews. Did he? he occasionally, yeah, he did. mostly he played music videos, but he would occasionally interview. Oh, like someone. on MTV. Uh, no, the, the half hour one he had the Channel Four. It was a half hour. Um, it was mostly music videos, but he did talk to Sting, I think, and he interviewed, yep. I think, one of Duran How could you even tell the two of them apart? Yeah. So, yeah, it has been done before. Um, and I just want to mention, too, the show, I'm really hoping that Ray Winston goes on as a guest, because he can go, you fucking muppet. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be so, completely accurate. So are they going to use uh, the technology to get Kermit riding the bike in that, or are they going to have a big <laughs> desk uh, that'll sit I'm thinking desk. My guess would be... Desk. Simplifies things. And they say new character, and they also say apparently they're also working on a show for the US as well at the moment. So, uh, for NBC. I think, I, think that show, I think that show is called Dear God Give Us Ideas. <laughs> uh, James Spader is not going to return for more uh, of The Office after the end of this season. That's, uh, that's the end of his character, Robert California. There's also uh, other people, other actors on that show who are in discussions about uh, various other things. Shroot Farms is a possible spin off. From that, uh, so the show's going to go stopping? on next year. No. not at this point. Okay, they're uh, discussing season nine. Uh, and Prisoner, more than twenty-five years after the show finished, Prisoner is uh, possibly coming back. Going to be rebooted. Everything's everything's rebooted. Nothing's being remade. 
everything's being rebooted. Rebashed. Reimagined? Is it being reimagined? It's going to be a, uh, a, a lockdown of the hotties rather than well, your, your bees and you queen bees. You wonder and, uh, a bit, yeah. Yep. yep whether it'll go that way. And, uh, in other crazy rebooting news, and, and this, I must admit, I read this and my, my brain melted a little bit, Christopher Lloyd and John Leguizamo are joining together to do a US remake of Only Fools and Horses, because apparently that's a thing the world should yeah, have hey, in it. Cri- cri- Christopher Lloyd, the producer, or Christopher Lloyd, the actor who played uh, who played Doc yeah. in... Yeah, that second one. Th- right. Yeah, Doc and, and the John one from Leguizamo. Taxi. The, yeah. one from, the one from Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Yeah, because Only Fools and Horses was just such a great show that obviously America's now ready for it some, what, 15 years later? or uh, 30. 25, oh, yeah. See, they this, do a comeback special. They, they do Christmas specials, though. Yeah, yeah they, they do Christmas specials. This, this, when but I read they're, this, they're supposed to be related, aren't they? Oh, uh, yeah, the father and son, apparently. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd and John <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, could it could happen. Uh-huh. It could happen. It happens in the Straits. Maybe the, maybe he's adopted. This, this, when I read this, I had the same reaction I had when someone in Sydney at the ABC launch I went to told me that there was a show about um, about politicians cooking. And I went, yeah, you're right. TV will make that kind of shit eventually. <laughs> oh, it's real. <laughs> did, did you see this, uh, this, this article about the uh, V8 boss, the, the head of V8 supercars, who says that... Uh, he says football, but really it's it's soccer that they're talking about. Isn't a real sport because it doesn't have free-to-air rights. Free-to-air TV rights. Hang on. He's saying right. the sport itself becomes invalid if it's not being broadcast uh, on free-to-air yes. television. This, so is, this, is, this is the supercars boss saying <laughs> soccer's not a real yeah, sport. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, what yeah. a fucktard. That's glass <laughs> houses going on there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not... He's, he, sorry. I, not, not that it's not a real sport. It's not a fair dinkum sport. Oh. <laughs> unless it secures so a free-to-air television rights deal. Because so it's actually a racist statement he's making there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he says he says any fair dinkum sport in this country has to be on free-to-air TV and Wogball clearly isn't one of them. <laughs> no, he didn't actually say that. He did not actually say that. That was me. That was me making that up. That was for humour. That was that was yeah. for humour. John, and do you want to legally <laughs> allowable? Legally oh, allowable. Speaking of legally allowable, uh, we Alasdair Mac McDonald, who is the former husband of Ida Butros, is suing the Australian Broadcasting Corporation in the New South Wales Supreme Court for defamation. He's oh, is this is this in relation to the not very good and very pro Kerry Packer? Uh, Paper Giants. Paper Giants, yes. The Birth of Cleo, which I've got to say, while I was, I was a bit disappointed with it as a drama, I actually came away liking Kerry Packer, which kind of alarmed this me quite is, a bit. But this, this is why, this, is, this was the big problem with Paper Giants. I only watched it recently, mm-hmm. and it is so pro-Kerry Packer. It really, like... It, it really goes out of its way to make Kerry Packer look like an excellent bloke. Do you know? No, I think it doesn't. I think the thing is, Kerry, there's a lot of real negativity about him in there, but it gives you a sympathy for him, and it makes him good at his job, which we were talking about at Acme. Yes. There's this belief that if you make someone good at their job in something, the audience will actually feel a respect for them. And in, in Paper Giants, Kerry Packer is shown as being genuinely good at his job. But there was so much good hype about that from, from viewers at the time. Yeah, well, um, generally it was. I mean, it was okay. It was more. I, 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 my memory of it was that they hadn't quite decided whether it was Ida's story or the story of this woman who'd come to work in the corporation, and mm-hmm. which of those they were trying to tell. It was actually the story of the magazine, which is why it focused on both of them. Because the girl, it's really early on. Ida says to the girl, 
this magazine is you. But that's the thing. If it had Did been, you like my Ida? That was my Ida. It was very good. But if it had just been about that girl and followed that, you know, swing town esque. It actually, I think, would have worked really well. Yeah, it was about either. It would have worked really well, and and probably even if it had just focused more on the magazine. To me, it was like it, it had split its focus. I think if it was about it Frank was about. Packer's oxygen tank, it would have been a better show. So why is it taking him so long to? Yeah, uh, take well, why? It maybe that's when he just got to court. Basically, he's claiming that uh, he was portrayed in Paper Giants as a selfish, irresponsible, and pitiably weak man who abandoned his family. Uh, and the show depicted him as, quote, a man so threatened by the success of his wife that he deserted her. Uh, I'd say. And, yeah, and um, they showed excerpts from it to the court, and Justice Henrik Nicholas has referred the parties to mediation. Well, how about the Hazel Hawke and the Bob Hawke story? She was, like, hard done by mm. in that uh, series. Ra- Rachel Blake. Yeah, they made her look really old. And Hazel Hawke, though, is genuinely loved, I think, in a way that that will give her some defence, as opposed to, like, you know, obviously clearly we don't know who Alistair Mac McDonald is. Yeah, he could have been quite. I do. He's a man who abandoned his family. <laughs> That's and what I mean. That's the only thing we know about yeah. him now is, is, is this. And, and, but quite frankly, I, I don't get, but maybe, uh, how many people saw Paper Giants? It was, it was big. It was, was it? Big. Yeah, yeah, it rated really well. Mm-hmm. So he, he's suing that he's suing ABC. Is he suing Deb Cox? He wrote it. Is he suing anybody else? Just or? ABC at the moment, as well. well. According to this article, which is from the Age, at the start of uh, Paper Giants, there is a disclaimer that says that it is about the birth of Cleo and uh, and facts have been changed. That real people's names are used, but facts have been changed to improve the story. There yeah, is a disclaimer at the start of it, so would that, does would that hold up? I don't know. No, nah, that wouldn't hold up at all. You, you can't hold up a defamation case just because you've said we might. Well, you basically can't say might be right or this something. Is, yeah, might be this wrong. is based on real life, but we've defamed some people. Probably yeah. doesn't actually help in, in a court, right? But I, I doubt it. He's got a leg to stand on. But who who are we to speculate? But maybe uh, maybe he just shouldn't have left his family like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the insensitive box cutters news. Bonjour tout le monde, bienvenue à Box Cutters. Good morning everybody and welcome to Box Cutters. This is Toby Sullivan uh, displaying his bilingual prowess on the best TV podcast that uh, I've ever encountered. John Richards, you have something that you want to bring to our attention. I do. It's a sort of show and tell thing. Um, this is something I saw recently and I wanted to share it with you and with you, the listener. And it's a thing about screen vocabulary, really. Uh, I was thinking about, you know how there are, there are ways stories are told on screen from the most basic level, like the, um, you know, the close-up was invented, which is one of those insane concepts and it's, it's often attributed to D.W. Griffiths. Whether or not he invented it, we don't know, but it's attributed to him. I think but, old people were looking very closely at things for a long time. <laughs> yeah, before yeah. But, but, but in cinema, though, in screen, oh. in screen vocabulary oh. is what I'm talking about. Well, when, yeah. when they first started, they, they, the, the audience expected to be able to see the entire body of their actors. And it would, it would often be a film like a stage play, mm-hmm. yeah, in a yeah. wide shot. Yeah. And you had to see the eyes behind the um, Ku Klux Klan mask. And, <laughs> which is why D.W. Griffiths went for the close-up. Excellent. Uh, you also have things like, yeah, the, invasion, the, the jump cut comes in in France in the 60s. The, um, uh, the French have a, a thing they call an American shot, which is actually a description of a certain slightly more than mid-length picture. Uh, With length. milk. With milk. With That's milk. That's the American. <laughs> 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 
that's that's a really that's a good joke. Yeah. That's a good joke from cowboy movies. And uh, there's also and also other forms of screen vocabulary include things like you know at night everything goes blue and you know there's just there's just certain things we expect now. No, that's 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 at a special time of day called day for night. <laughs> <laughs> it does go blue though, even even in night for night things. There's an awful lot of blue. Oh, when you when you turn off when you turn off your inside lights. Blue light comes in yeah, through the window. Through the window. Yeah. Or if it's for internet viewing, it goes a bit green, doesn't it? And, but this is what I mean, though. We know that the blue light will come through the windows. And we don't go, what the hell's going on outside? We know that means night. That's the moon. Yeah. That's that's a, a, yeah. When oh, the my God, invaders from outer space. The, yeah. the noise is going to come at the same time. So there's all sorts of ways stories are told and presented on, on screen. Most of the film and television vocabulary is the same. I came across something which, for me at least, seemed quite new. And I think it's coming from TV first. And I wanted to share it with you. I'm going to play the clip to you guys in the same way that the listener to this show is going to hear it right now. So, I'm not seeing it. So, yeah. So let, let, let's, not the video podcast viewers. Let's hear this. Not the video podcast viewers, just the, the standard ones. That was a clip from Sherlock and a clip from Neighbours, which I'm sure you yeah. can all tell. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, one of those is from Sherlock. One of those is from Sherlock, yes, and the and other one, the other one is from Neighbours. I know. Can I can I guess? Can I guess what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think you're, you're going to guess it though, aren't you? What What yeah. do you think it is, Josh? It, you know? it is it is text messages appearing on screen while people receive them on their phones. Yes, it is. Now I'm going to show it to you guys again. So let's see it again the way that the people watching the video podcast are going to see. There it is a home. video podcast. Okay, so. Watson is sitting down on uh, on a couch. His phone goes. He picks it up out of his hand, and he's scrolling through messages sent. And and there's a super on screen saying messages sent. Oh, see, you you said the super. I just said what he was doing, and I knew what he was doing. And then there's uh, there's someone she's getting ready to go out, and a super comes up on screen. It says SMS with a picture of a mobile phone. And then says what the uh, what the SMS is with uh, three X's at the can't end. Can't do it. Now the, the neighbours one is interesting too because whereas the oh is that neighbours that was neighbours the second one yeah so Sherlock's gone oh. for quite a classy looking sort of just yeah it's part of the class of the show and sometimes Sherlock has it uh, coming up as if it's on a wall and it'll, and it'll often come up if if someone wherever they are in the picture it will often reflect in a very classy way. But they didn't have mobile phones back in the day of Sherlock. The neighbours one. Have you? Am I, am I completely out of touch with? Have you, <laughs> have you not? Is this in the pile of things that you need to watch? This is in my okay. We can't stockpile. We can't go through and explain TV that is currently in its second season. Brett. Holy fuck! It is in its second season. You had no idea that this Sherlock was a modern reimagined. No. no. Okay. It's new. The neighbours clip we just saw though, interestingly, actually has its own graphic, which I think is like it's not even it's just a text. It's a special it, uh, graphic that shows up to see. It's say. almost like. Like where they would put a logo. Well, my my problem. I have I have a. I, I really like the way that Sherlock's doing it, and I think uh, Neighbours is dumbing it down for the audience. Oh, see, I'm the way. I actually think the way Neighbours doing it is it's so clear and concise in what it is that w- the minute you see that, because that's their now standard thing they use that across Neighbours. The Sherlock one is trying to show off slightly. The Neighbours one, I think, curiously, Sherlock's doing it to look classy. I think Neighbours is doing it because in a three camera setup, it's so much easier to do that than to try and get a camera. On a phone, like yes. weirdly enough, it actually helps. Or, or have them read it out and go, oh, exactly, yeah. Well, and and, and if you if you watch like, like uh, Chuck and, and things like that, 
any text messages that they have had on their phones have always been in uh, non-phone-like fonts because they have to make them larger than they would actually be on to a be phone. To be legible. Yeah. So the Neighbours one I actually like because it is so clear what it's doing. The, the little logo basically tells you it's a text message. And once you've seen it once... It becomes, I think, more unobtrusive, oddly enough, than the Sherlock one. The Sherlock one is always trying to go, look, we're a bit classy. And it seems more comfortable with the technology, the way the neighbours... It's more matter of fact, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I, it's actually refreshing, dare I say it. The curious thing, too, is I don't know which came first. You know, like, like everyone's going to assume that Sherlock did it first and, and Neighbours copied them. It could well be that Neighbours has been doing this for years and we don't know. You I, know. Think, I think Black Mirror, someone else, someone else in, in uh, the UK had exactly the same thing. Uh, so maybe it's just one of those things that it's happened pretty much at the same time. And I just think it's interesting because uh, screen vocabulary, we probably haven't seen anything. Uh, the things that came in recently, I can think of like, you know, sp- ramping, you know, speeding film up and down, which then looked very, very 90s the, the, you know, when we got used to it. Yep. Bullet time was gimmick. This looks like it's an actual thing that will probably stay forever, I suspect. I, I think it has actually. I'm pretty sure it's been used in film. Did Better Than Sex have it? It was something like that with the talking heads and the interview type thing. I, I definitely remember seeing the text. Oh, so you've, so you've seen Better Than Sex. Yes. But you haven't seen Sherlock. <laughs> not, not any of the two seasons that have been sure. no. But it's interesting that this thing's happened. And like we're saying, it, it's obviously just happened without us... No one's overtly going, oh, look, someone's invented a thing. It's just sort of happened. Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe I, all the kids I think it was on talking it, about it. They, they did it quite a lot early on in the first series of Sherlock just to really ram home that this is modern Sherlock. It's modern, Brett. It's, it's, oh, it's modern. It's, it's so that, it was it's really... It, was, it seemed like a, quite a statement to use this yes. version. Yes. And in Sherlock, even in the second series, it does seem like a statement. While the Neighbours one seems... This is just what kids do. Yeah, it's, it's a, the name is a very practical approach, which is really fascinating. Go, they're going to do a lot of texting, they're going to get a lot of texts, rather than having to muck around with it. Here's a really clean, simple way of doing it, and I think it's quite impressive. I like how you've come in saying, I think that television has invented this new way of communicating with us. And Brett has just tried to knock it on the head by going, oh, no, 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 no Phil's film, been doing it for film. ages. Phil's, Phil's been no, doing no, no, it for no. ages. Like, like I, it's one example that I can think of, but it, it's definitely from 10 years. I think it's fascinating. And, and it does feel to me like the sort of thing where a problem has occurred. People have realised that the way we've been doing it in the past just isn't enough. We need something new. To, and, and it's quite possible that this would have popped up in different parts of the world at around the same time. Mm. Uh, Thanks for bringing it to our attention, John. That's a good one. Come on, she's an old lady. Old ladies aren't dangerous. Have you seen Drag Me to Hell? Misery. And what about Norman Bates' mother? What? Norman Bates' mother was an old lady and she was dangerous. Norman Bates' mother was Norman Bates. I don't understand. Norman Bates' mother was Norman Bates in a frog. No, spoiler. That film came out 50 years ago. How could that be a spoiler? And hang on, Norman Bates' mother was Norman Bates. Have you even seen Psycho? Maybe it was one of the sequels. What did Fab say? When? What he called. He said something, didn't he? No, no, he just said... Not to be left alone with Nan. In a good way? What, like, don't be left alone with Nan, she's too much fun? Oh, don't be left alone with Nan. She gets all stabby when she hasn't had her pills. Oh, for God's sake, she's an old lady! You say that now. Wait till she's coming at you with a knife. It's be awful being defenceless and alone. It is. The old lady? She's not alone, okay? She's got fab. Presumably. Where is he? 
this people's houses thing was a terrible idea. It's your idea. idea. I didn't realise the sort of places you people lived in. This is supposed to be a first world nation. So last week we were talking about uh, when, when I say last week, I mean in the last episode, episode two hundred and ninety six, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find if you go to boxcutters.net slash episode two nine six. That's all you need to do. Oh, you'll find it in iTunes because you're all subscribed, I'm sure. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Uh, it is free to subscribe to Box Cutters, by the way. Somebody asked me during the week. Yes. Yes, it is it free. Cost? It is free to subscribe to Box Cutters. Last week in the show, we were talking about uh, texts, uh, or tw- no, tweets, tweets going over the screen during content that wasn't about Twitter. So uh, the ABC. Uh, rather than Q and A, yeah, ra- rather than creating a, a new series of Bazira project, uh, has invested in this technology <laughs> that will uh, th- that will show uh, not actual tweets, not actual Facebook messages, but a third potential uh, social network that is based around television entirely, and show them over the uh, as supers over the bottom third of. Uh, of TV shows. Now, not as, TV shows that are specially made for tweeting. As long as you've got the set-top box. You have to have a very sp- special set-top box. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to speak to a content creator mm-hmm. for, for television and see what he or she thought about uh, about doing such a thing on programs that they had made? So, in the studio, we have John Richards, who is uh, the co-creator of the ABC TV show Outland, 8.30, uh, no, 9.30, Wednesday nights on ABC One. Thank you so much for having John, me. It's, great to meet it's you. It's such a oh, thrill to be on the show. I've been listening for I've an awfully long show. time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, you, thank you haven't you. done a lot of media about Outland. Uh, you haven't done a lot of podcasts. Why is that? No, no, I, I hadn't really known about podcasts because I only have the ARPANET. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the interesting thing is, because you brought this up last week, and I'm not on Twitter, partly because I'm a Luddite, and... But I do stalk the interwebs, and so when Outland goes to air, I actually watch. Uh, I was using Twas Up now; it's, it's Twinita, I think it's called. Um, Twitter's just making words up. No, no, the tw- Twitter search engines. So basically, I can watch. And one of the good things about not being on Twitter is it means I can't respond to people, which is good because otherwise I would, and that would be terrible. That's an insane thing to do. It would drive you insane. Imagine, yes. Yeah. Imagine re- responding to people who criticised you. On uh, yeah, and trying to get them that fired. Just, That'd be crazy. Drive you yeah. nuts. Mental. But yeah. anyway, no, but really, you know, I think I think there is a degree which the internet has made us all connectable in a way that we probably shouldn't be. Like, like yeah, it's both anonymous and instantly contactable, and that's a terrible combination. But so I find it really odd because I can't imagine ever tweeting during a show. Like Q&A, I go, well, okay, Q&A, that's built into it. That's part of it. That makes sense. But if I'm watching a scripted show, it just wouldn't occur to me. That, that's that's my, my point. It just wouldn't even occur to me to do that if I was focused on it. However, as a content producer, watching the Twitter feed during Outland is awesome. Like, it's, it is amazing because it's people quoting lines at each other. The people <laughs> watching it love it. Like, it's like, you know, we have crazy, crazy fans. Which, which you always, always knew would happen because you're, you're going for a niche audience and that's the point well, of... Well, I, I wasn't necessarily going for a niche audience. I mean, I think no, our but show you know, is... you know it's going to go for a niche audience. Well, you know it, this thing, if, if we had been advertised the same way as Laid did, you know, going, here's a kind of weird-sounding show, but it is intended as a mainstream show. It's got jokes in it. I think we could have had that audience. Oh. It was kind of not advertised at all. So, you know, so there is that thing. But people watching it, yeah, they love it. And if I watch Twitter, people both say funny things 
and observe interesting things, but also they quote lines at each other. And so for me, I get to watch the show in a new way because obviously I know the thing backwards now. And like last week, watching suddenly when Twitter like fires up with you know, a dozen people saying, I can fight the old lady all at one time, is really exciting to see like, you know, oh, that line's just happened. Because I was actually watching it in another room. Uh, I wasn't even watching it last week because I had to do a Q&A on the Facebook page mm-hmm. afterwards. So I basically had to be set up in this other section uh, I wasn't actually watching it. So just watching that is really exciting to see what is obviously grabbing people. But I still don't quite get the experience of of watching a show like that. I think the idea is it's like you're watching it in a lounge room with just hundreds of other people. Yeah? That's, yes, that's, yes. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, yes, and no. It's, it's kind of... It, it makes... Uh, I, I think it makes the social aspect no longer social. And the... the uh, we talked a while back about uh, what it was like back in the days before uh, internet social sh- socialising uh, and going around to friends' houses to watch Friends, f- for example. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no one would talk during Friends. We would watch the show. We would talk during the ads. That's what ads were for. Yeah. Uh, and here you're, you're actually talking about covering up part of the content. Oh, yeah, that. I mean, having it on screen is is patently yeah, crazy. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just patently crazy. I was just thinking more for the idea of it's interesting to watch it as a separate feed. Well, and there's, there's talk in uh, – uh, Toby Halligan, although he's not here, did, uh, did send me a, uh, a link to an article in the New York Times magazine, I believe, uh, that uh, discussed the possibility of having two screens, one screen showing the show and the other screen showing – uh, information about the show. But you know, we discussed this in the past too. There was a thing called Tweet Views. And again, not having Google in front of me. Um, and we discussed this. I think it was either in America or someone tried it out here. But someone tried these out and put the messages up on screen. And it was on things like The Office, I seem to recall. And people hated it. People just said that's really, really irritating. And Channel 7 uh, launched their foray into it, uh, Fango, and they really milked it and milked it during the tennis and they would post the odd things saying something innocuous like go Federer oh, and yeah. it was really silly but I could imagine during sport it might work maybe sport and a sitcom you know you go well yeah a sitcom that's fine people are quoting lines at each other that's really flattering I'm really excited that they are you know but a drama I mean what would be the there's, I, I don't think there's a point. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. Yeah, maybe. He's behind you. I mean, actually, Hashtag on you. Slash. Actually, talking about that, though, there is an slash, interesting slash, thing. Slash. With Outland, Adam runs... Well, I mean, well, <clears throat> Fab, the character of Fab, runs his own Twitter feed. FabXXL is, is on Twitter. And so he's a real, real, real person. He's a real person. He's a real person. And, well, this is because Fab it's actually... It's a documentary. Fab quotes in person and in character during the episodes. And I'm endlessly excited by what happens with this. Because, like, in the first episode, there's a bit where Fab is in a cupboard while a scene is going on. If you're on Twitter, it popped up with, Oh, my God, Max is on a date. Cupboard tweet. <laughs> and oh. it, was actually, it was actually happened in the right part of the story. That's creepy this last week fab wasn't in the show very much the idea is the characters basically get locked in this room where he's not there fab was constantly tweeting about the shopping he was doing like throughout (laughs) the episode and at one point someone said for god's sake fab get back to your house (laughs) (laughs) and fab tweeted back why what's going on (laughs) 
and I actually find that astonishing. And Adam's been putting bits of um, foreshadowing into his into his tweets as well. It's like there is a whole other text. There's a whole other storyline going on in Fab's tweets. Well, you should submit that to a multimedia show. You could get a walk and a handshake in a car <laughs> I, for I that. know. Yeah. These are the weird things. This show is actually doing this quite groundbreaking stuff for Australia and no one's noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I, I can see why Q&A, why people tweet for that. I, I'm, I'm a rabid tweeter at the television, but I only tweet uh, embarrassing bodies. And <laughs> <laughs> the usually the tweets are no, 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 <laughs> hashtag. Um, you cannot unsee that. Hashtag embarrassing bodies. Um, I still don't know why you watch that show. Yeah, how many R's in embarrassing, embarrassing bodies? Um, prolapsed what? <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> bodies. Um, I, I, I see a point to that, and it's a good warning. And I've got a friend who's also tweeting Psychic TV at the moment, and he's doing wonderful work with that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, is he tweeting Psychic TV before it happens? Yes, he is. <laughs> nice. But I, I don't... I have a feeling this could be a, a fad. Uh, well, well the, the ABC box thing does sound insane. Yeah, I think get that Because it's also, like we we're saying, replicating things that already exist. And, no, and, no and also, but it. also, why... I just... Why aren't you more outraged about the possibility that they are just going to cover up a third of your content? Me? Yeah. me? Oh, I guess because I'm not... I'm assuming it's not going to happen. I, 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 I if they put it... If they put it down the bottom, then it covers off all that, that rude, sexy bit. Yeah, the, the sexy yeah. bits too. Yeah. Also, they, they, watch, they watch 30 Rock. <laughs> thought, yeah, oh, my God. What a great idea. No, but, I mean, this is the thing. I just genuinely don't believe that's ever going to happen. I guess that's why I'm not. Because well, when you talked about last week, my thought was more, yeah, how do I feel about Twitter? How do I feel about people tweeting during my show? Not or, concentrating or not, on Yeah, yeah not concentrating on, on the content. We've put this you know, enormous amount of effort into creating. The whole covering up a third of the screen just seems so unlikely. And that thing that we did talk about that we've all forgotten, and I can't remember either, which I think was now a year or two years ago, we talked about some channel actually trying this out. Mm. And it was repeats of a show with tweets on them. And everyone hated it. Like, clearly that's not something you you want on screen. I get I get distracted. Like, I go to the opera, I get distracted by the surtitles. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want that. I want to be part of the show. I want to be – I want to be involved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and something like that, it's it's completely separate to the concept of watching TV. It's no longer about watching TV. It's about making me a, a captive. I do understand, though, another thing we talked about was that BBC DVD, I know, has run some Doctor Who events where worldwide there's a start time. You put your Doctor Who DVD in. You all watch it together and you tweet. Which is and the, and the thing is, if you've got it on a separate device... Well, and also that, that's based on the idea that you have watched this before. Like yeah. That's based on the idea that everyone watching this has clearly watched this a hundred times before. It's not, it's not the first experience of watching it. It's only eight people anyway. That's all that likes Doctor Who. Yeah, just, 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 eight, just, just, just eight, eight people. people. Yeah. It's ju- just eight people. Just, is, am I thinking about the right show? No. This is the one about the vet in old uh, English countryside. No, that's a Simon Gallagher show. Oh. <sighs> Thanks for coming, especially, John. <laughs> you got your I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. So I received this, uh, this, this email uh, during the week. 
Is it wrong I'm upset you haven't mentioned this letter in box cutters yet? I feel like I shouldn't expect you to talk about it, but for some reason I'm upset. That was Wait, in what? reference to an, a letter that we got to box cutters. Oh, sorry, because I, I thought you meant, are they upset that you haven't read the letter they've just sent to you? I thought this was like the psychic TV thing again. Oh, oh no, 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 no. That was actually in relation to a letter that, uh, that, that had been sent a couple of weeks earlier. Is it wrong to be upset that you're not going to read out my letter? <laughs> that you'll never read out my letter? <laughs> just, just assume that we will. As you're writing it, this is this is my answer to that. Assume that we will read it out as you're writing it, and then as soon as you've sent it, assume that we won't, so that when we do, you're pleasantly surprised. Because it's a bit it's a bit defeatist, isn't it? If you actually write the letter, assuming I know you'll never read this out, but yeah. I was wondering what does a best boy do? I never thought this. Would- <laughs> it's the easiest way to get your uh, text read out on John Fane is say, oh, you never t- you never read out the texts that say that you're biased. <laughs> Let's see you read this text out. Because very, very little people, very little people, very few people know, know this, but uh, one of Glenn's uh, day jobs is trying to get texts onto the John <laughs> Fane show. Yeah. I get them on all the time. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I, I'm running it about... 25, 30% at the moment. Nice. Oh yeah. my God, you should have seen my cunning one going to him when he, <laughs> when he came in with the line about the new cabinet and Peter Garrett was going to be for, uh, foreign minister with the US forces and uh, it was lame. Is it I just said, the two of you? Are you the only two people that sing with John yes. Fane and just sending all the texts? Look, the greatest moment of my life was when um, I sent in an awesome text. It was so eloquent and they rang me and said, could you use that argument on air and I I was just a blubbering <laughs> blubbering mess. Alan from East Melbourne had no idea what he was on about. <laughs> Your face is John Fane. <laughs> so you, you make up you make up names and suburbs. Yeah, I'm Alan from East Melbourne on all the sites. That's great. Named after Alan Didak, my favourite footballer. Well, Sam now, Princeton from St yeah. Kilda on do, A-Dub is uh, Stephen Walker. Do you, um, <laughs> do, you want, do you want to cut that out or do you, do you not mind? If <laughs> I it's, don't mind. If it's, if it's right. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so back to this letter that I haven't read out. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Hi, box cutters. How come you don't ever review documentary series? I've just started watching Carrier, which is a 10-part documentary series about the sailors on the USS Nimitz, and it's brilliant. It's on SBS2 on Sunday nights if you were interested. If we were interested, we would have read that letter out. No! Wait! <laughs> oh. That's just... Ow! It's a fair question, though. Why don't we review documentary series? I, Are I, there many? You, you know what? I just... I hadn't thought about it until we got that letter yeah. seven years into the show it was a great letter it's a, a great letter because it brings it is a huge hole in in the in the box cutters reviewing process we did have the guy that made christmas lights on once yes that mm. was a documentary that was a documentary that was a while ago yeah and we it was had, within had, the last 150 and years. we had sarah barton on who works with disability media and actually and now that's come to my head i should say grit media which is sarah barton's disability media company is having a possible uh, push at the moment. Oh, we've got six thousand bucks. We can uh, yeah. So so basically, you know, go to Possible, look up Grit Media. They make interesting programs like No Limits on Channel Thirty One, and give them some cash. All mm. right. Uh, well, I'll try to find it and put a link on. Yeah, uh, if you remind me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it is a huge hole in our uh, in our reviewing schedule. I think because uh, I don't. It, it's not the sort of thing that happens on my computer. 
uh, d- documentary series. I don't seek them out. For me, documentary series are, are more about uh, if I'm scanning the the TV guide, which I rarely do these days, or if I'm flicking channels, which I rarely do these days, which I think is one of the problems of having all of this TV on demand that I have or all of this TV that I have uh, uh, kind of built up on my hard drive uh, from, like, the IQ hard drive. Uh, so I watch things that happened two weeks ago or I watch new things that I've gotten from a magical place, uh, the, which is where the man touched me. And um, also... I, I couldn't leave that alone. That's what he said. Uh, so... So all of that, and usually I would find documentaries by flicking channels and seeing what was on. Mm. And, and are there a lot of them like that aren't just another doco about Nazis so and documentary and series? Is, like, yeah, and, yeah, and there are. like it, it seems that we don't get all of the, um, and I would love love it if we did. We don't seem to get the Ken Burns docos over here. Hey, I'll tell you what. Once upon a time in Cabramatta a few weeks ago was stunning television until it turned into a diatribe three quarters of the way through. It was stunning television and and made me want to go down to Victoria Street and hug everybody. I got (laughs) lost in your sentence. Once upon a time in Cabramatta is the name of the show? Correct. Okay. And it was about the killing in Cabramatta of the councillor. Uh, and how Vietnamese people have mixed in Australian society, and it was wonderful. Sounds like a really good two thirds, first two thirds of a show. Yeah, and then it got bad. <laughs> I, I have been, I have been enjoying uh, ABC Two on Sunday nights. Uh, uh, had a series called Sunday Best, uh, which is hosted by Christy Best or Kirsty Best. Yeah, it's I was trying to remember them. Kirsty, because Bazira made that hilarious joke about it being called Sunday Christy. Yes, and I just, yeah. Or possibly Sunday Kirsty. <laughs> probably Sunday Kirsty. Uh, I could find out, but so she presents. She presents uh, and brings film documentaries. So things like, like Thin, Thin Blue Lines, American Grindhouse, uh, and and that's been re- really enjoyable. But as far as series go, they just pass me by, and uh, it is horribly ne- neglectful of us, but of us all. I'm blaming us all, Toby yeah, Halligan. We're, we're all to blame. Toby Halligan. Documentary's also changing. There's the 365 emergency that's on SBS, where there's, I think, about 50 cameras around an emergency ward of a UK hospital just watching stuff happen. These are these are ch- changing what we think a documentary Well, this is my are. thing, because I don't count that as a documentary. That, to me, sounds like a reality show. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like not what, a shitty reality what show, it, but, but what what it's still amazing. What is right. it, what's the difference between a reality show like RPH? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a documentary. Or, and a documentary. I, I, well, I would say, just my own personal yeah, viewpoint, my, my gut reaction, is that a documentary tends to come from a slightly more distanced position. It's usually got a bit more time and a bit more uh, editing. A bit and more of an arc in what it's trying to well, tell. Well, possibly, but, 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 but just a bit more for me, it's, a bit more, it, it's standing back to try and learn something rather than a reality show I feel is more constructed more like a drama to be kind of just more instant. Like RPH is just like it's so episodic. You've just got five, six different stories per episode and, and the next episode doesn't rely at all on what you've seen previously. Right. It's the I, same as uh, Bondi Vets and, and uh, the, the life-saving one in Bondi. And yeah. I mean, also the documentaries here. I'm actually, like I, I, I prefer a documentary of Talking Heads, you know, telling me actual stuff that I can learn from. Yeah, the the Errol Morris style. Yeah, exactly. Where I come away knowing stuff 
rather than one of these more reality uh, things where I come away feeling something but not necessarily having learned anything. And it's like, it, it's, it's like it's got the reputation of Chinese food. You watch it and, and it's gone five minutes later. Like it's just such nothing TV. I have been watching a documentary series uh, where these two women uh, actually go and live each other's lives for a week. Uh, and Life swap. Yes, yes, that's it. You've seen it. Really? <laughs> You've seen it, Brett. Why well, Swap Australia? Superb documentary. <laughs> I've just downloaded uh, the nineteen. 19- 82 Robert Hughes documentary series on postmodern art and technology, and I'll be watching that on the plane on the way to Austin. <laughs> Are you nice. going to Austin? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to Austin. Awesome. We should meet up. Yeah. Eat some barbecue. I'm going Brett to Houston. Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear listener, Brett seriously is going to Houston. Oh, but still, still, how it's many, close. How, how long? How long will it's it take? State. How long will it take you to get from Houston to Austin? On foot, two days. Two days. Two days, two yeah. days walk. Cliff Young could do it. But I get in at five. I'm going to miss the twelve thirty <laughs> show. The green guy was right. <laughs> oh, the green guy. Houston, we have a problem. The green guy, curse of box cutters, box cutters. Yes. Oh, Brett. Well, you know, Houston's nice, apparently. And that's letters to box cutters. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you want to send us a letter, hooray at boxcutters.net. Uh, or there's a contact us link on the form, or if you just uh, contact us link on the website, if you just want to have a go at me for not reading your letter out, uh, you already know my email address. If you watch one thing. So... Actually, I am going to America, and I will be watching The Amazing Race. (laughs) (laughs) You just just stay in your hotel room and just watch The Amazing Race. That's pretty much it. Right. That's pretty much it. I'm not going to get a chance to watch a single thing, except for episode two of Awake, which I Mm. have to, we all have to, because Carl Killen will be our guest. Hopefully three and four. Hopefully, if if we can, uh, but uh, at least episode two, which is on uh, Thursday night on NBC at 10 p.m. Otherwise, it's going to be like, so who are you and what do you do? Yes. (laughs) Yes, welcome. Uh, so, Awake. I know it was my pick last week, but it's it's it really is the one thing I'll be watching on TV this week. 10 p.m. Uh, 9 p.m. Central on uh, NBC on Thursday night. Aren't we in Central Time? Uh, yes, we are. Yeah. Oh, shit, thanks. Good. <laughs> Good point. Well made. Good point. Well made. Austin is in Central Time. I'll be watching it at 9 p.m. Nice. Um, Well, we all know where I'm going to go, but I'm going to watch Outland Episode 5. It's my favourite episode of Outland. I I really love this episode. It's the musical one. Oh! Um, It is on ABC Wednesday night, 9.30. uh, 9.32. 9.32, if we've been bumped on. And and they've cut down your minutes, so it goes for 29 minutes. (laughs) Oh, damn, yo! (laughs) Um, So, yeah, 9.30 ABC 1 on Wednesday. If you haven't watched any episodes up until now, I would probably recommend you watch Episode 4 on the iview. Partly because it's really good, and partly also because this is where we start to kind of this is where the arc all the, <laughs> this is where the arc happens. Pretty much, this is all, all the arc happening. So you might want to just have a vague idea who so, these people are. So one to four are all still on iView. No, uh, only only three and four. Only two episodes at any one time are up on iView. Oh, what? Because we're not the straights. So uh, yeah, it's only the last <laughs> two episodes are available. Oh my God. <laughs> or you can illegally legally download them, uh, or you can buy them from uh, iTunes. 
And and the oh, DVD is out on April the 5th. So you can pre-order the DVD at the I ABC will. shop. Where I, it's quite cheap. It's cheaper than all the others for some reason. Really? Yeah. ABC shop being cheaper than all the others is weird. Yeah. It had such a, a, a low promotion budget. <laughs> that's actually well, how... I, I assume it's a typo in the ABC shop. So get in now. <laughs> that's, <laughs> how, that's how little the ABC values you. <laughs> I know. I know that we're cheaper. <laughs> 20 cents. <laughs> Glenn Peters. Um, if I was in Australia, I'd watch uh, Grandma's House uh, 10 p.m. Thursday. Thursday. It's a show by Simon Amstel, who's coming out here for the Comedy Festival. He was also the host of Never Mind the Buzzcocks. He was the host I didn't like on Buzzcocks. Yeah, yeah. he was the one who was really mean. He plays After himself. Matt Lamar. Yeah, no, but Mark Lamar was you know, quite likable compared yeah. to Simon Amstel. He was one punch that guy in the face. That's right. So the, the story of this show is it's playing himself, goes to his grandma's house to see his mum, his auntie, his grandma, his mum's fiance, and a cousin. And they're all just yapping at him for half an hour. It's beautifully written. Um, also, the co-star, Rebecca Front, who will mean nothing to any of you, but she's Nicola Murray in The Thick of It. <gasps> Excellent. And she's marrying, um, I can't remember his name, David someone, who, Glenn from The Thick of It. Fantastic. And Glenn, the Glenn character from The Thick of It, this guy, he plays, uh, it's just this midlife crisis Jeremy Clarkson wannabe. It's This is such a beautiful, beautiful show. So it's, a, it's an English version of Greeks on the Roof. Yeah, it is an English version of <laughs> Greeks on the Roof Great. with an Angus Great. Samson. And <laughs> Brett. Brett. Angus Samson, Greekest man alive. Yeah, so Greek. Brett. Uh, obviously, if I was here, I'd be watching uh, Outland. <laughs> but you'll be in Houston. But, but you'll be in Houston uh, be... <laughs> trying to work out how to get to Austin. They sound similar, but they're different. <laughs> Um, if I were here, no. In fact, I am. I am recording I'm for. I'm so glad, uh, for I'm so glad you're actually just going to the right state, and you're not accidentally going to Boston uh-huh. <laughs> or Chicago because you got your '70s bands mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kitchen cabinet, Annabelle Crab with Penny Wong. Uh. <laughs> Which is uh, ABC Two, nine thirty. On Wednesday night, she gets an extra two, uh, three minutes. Of the yeah, yeah, the ABC's been advertising that one. <laughs> at nine thirty till ten thirty one. If you want to watch one thing, hooray at boxcutters.net. Is that how that one ends? <laughs> no places we have strayed because Toby Halligan has strayed. But I have just had a call from Reg Barry. Yes, uh, yes. Reg Barry just called down to tell me that apparently neighbours nicked the texting. From Sherlock, right? Yeah, uh, uh, for much the same reasons we we presumed. It's because it's you know it saves a lot of time from having to film inserts of of phones and screens and things like that. Can change. I mention something else just on that whole texty, twisty, high techy thing, which yes. I, want, I wanted to mention before? I actually do. I do uh, some internet only commentary tracks for Outland. Should you be interested, get another thing that, that we're trying for the first time in Australia and no one's noticed. If you want to... And just say internet only. They're internet tracks. only commentary tracks. So they, they're on SoundCloud. If you go to SoundCloud and, and Google for Outland commentaries, I record them on the Friday after the broadcast so I can mention things that have been mentioned on Twitter or on the Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I can respond to comments that have come in. Uh, as well as doing usual kind of, this is where we filmed this. Oh, everyone was wonderful kind of stuff. And 
basically in them I tell you how to queue them up to your iView or iTunes copy which, or, or wow. April 5th the, 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 the DVD. DVD so basically uh, up to this point it's just you have to pause is it on Christian on the no no because these are these are internet only these are you know basically the DVD is all finished and, and ready to go these are just done and they respond to uh, like for example my absolute favourite one which is after the first episode a genuinely angry man pointing out that when Max says Minbari Empire he means Minbari Federation. Oh dear. This is much like if you watch Wizard of Oz and listen to the Pink Floyd Dark album. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be in, well, Glenn and I are going to be in Austin, Texas, <laughs> Sunday, 12.30 at the Driscoll Hotel. If you're at South by Southwest, come by. We'll be speaking to Carl Killen. He's made big TV on two networks. One of them only lasted two episodes, but he's done it, and he's he's excellent. So uh, so uh, come by; it's going to be fantastic. It is also going to be our three hundredth show, so come and help us celebrate. Driscoll Hotel, the Maximilian Room, twelve thirty p.m. Sunday in Austin, Texas. Uh, I want to say that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode two hundred and ninety-seven. Thank you very much to Jared McCulloch who has given us lots of information for this show. He, uh, he did his own little uh, Places You Have Strayed. Uh, and he also uh, just brought us this uh, very important information about Reg Barry, where he tells us that uh, Reg Barry uh, used to be a comedy writer before he was the question writer and adjudicator on Sailor Century. Uh, so did Reg tell you that in the phone call? No, because I didn't actually talk to Reg. What? Now, I just think legally I should point out I just made up that it was Reg. It, was, it wasn't Reg that told me Jared's gone through all this trouble. I just because I, I mean, is Reg still alive? Like, well, is, is Reg sitting in Spencer just from beyond the grave? John. <gasps> Have we just killed Reg Barry? <gasps> that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 297. Oh, Thanks very much, Jared, Jared McCulloch. We'll see you in Austin. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. Glenn Peters. I continue to be Brett Crumpley. I can't believe we did it again. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, uh, same bat channel. And hey, especially Reg Barry, let's be careful out there. <laughs> Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. You know, so, so, so here's the thing about Reg Barry. I can't find out any information about him on the internet other than articles from 1983 to 1985 from the Sydney Morning Herald. Yeah. Uh, How old was he then, though? Because he would have been at least... He was... Uh, he was... Uh, 40, he's, 50-ish, wouldn't Well, he? there are photos of him with Father Time. <laughs> so, I, d- I don't know. I don't know uh, anything uh, about Reg Barry. And you know what? I don't... I don't even know if we have a contact for anybody who does. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.